Hey, Coffee Breakers. This is just a warning to let you know that this episode contains adult content and may be disturbing to some listeners. Please take caution and listener discretion is advised. Hey, Coffee Breakers, it's me, AC. And Scully. And we are here today to bring you another True Crime Wednesday, which we will be renaming our Wednesday segments because... Once we come up with something clever. Something cl- exactly. Yeah. Um, because now we have Mystery Monday, and we just got to keep with the theme. I know. So. Free for all Friday. Yeah. Heck yeah. So we're going to have to do something with Wednesday. And it can't be Wacky Wednesday because it's not wacky. These are usually terrible. Yeah, these are horrible <laughs> stories. So we will be uh, probably Googling the yeah. thesaurus <laughs> to find out. Yes. But um, for the time being, True Crime Wednesday. True Crime Wednesday. And Scully is telling us the story of the Cheshire murders. Am I correct on yes. that? All right. And we're going to dive right in. Yes. Yeah, so this is Cheshire Murders. It is a documentary on Max. I'm going to take you to Cheshire, Connecticut, which is known as the betting capital. Don't really know what that means other than they show you a bunch of like really, it's a farming community and they show you like rural and just really nice houses and like paint the scene of just upper class. (laughs) Upper class and comfortable. Yes. Very mild. Like seems like everybody knows everybody, like small community, but really nice. Right. So I picture like coffee cozy. Does that make sense? Like a cozy little town that's upper class, but no real violent crime. Just, Mm -hmm. you know, just just a chill. Yes. Okay. Now all changes on 7-23-07 when at 3 a.m. the home of Bill and Jennifer Pettit is broken into by two individuals. One is Joshua Karma Sujeski, I can't even say that name, it's super long, and Stephen Hayes. Okay. They broke into their home for the purpose, because like I said, it's a higher class home, rob them, get a little money, get out. Okay. That was the That was the plan. Okay. All right. They get there at 3, they break in at 4 a.m., they kind of like, it says they drink beer, they rummage through the house. I'm assuming they've already subdued everybody. Like they break in, subdue them, and then go drink, which just blows my mind. It just blows my did mind. Did they bring the beer? Did they find no, the they beer? No, they took it from the house. Like, oh. tied this family up and then went and looked through their house. And found Rummaging some for items. Found the beer, drinking the beer while they're going through all their stuff. Oh, okay. Well. They come across a bank book and they see that the family has the capability to withdraw, like, 15 grand. Oh, wow. So their plan. No, I do not have that capability. I know, right? <laughs> same um so their plan changes to let's wait until the bank opens we'll make them go withdraw this money and we'll leave with everything we found here and the additional 15 grand okay so mind you 
3 a.m. Mm-hmm. We got to at least get to 8. Well, yeah, depending. if they open at 8 or well, 8.30 or 9. Well, banker's hours, right? So right. what do we think about banker's hours? 9 to 5. Yeah. So. So. Like, my bank doesn't open till 10. So they, they've been there a while, and with any crime, they start getting a little, like, nervous and antsy and, like, what are they going to do if they leave DNA evidence? And Steven's worried about this. Okay. And Josh is like, well, fire burns everything, so we'll just burn it when we leave. Like, we'll let them go and burn the house down so they won't know it's us. So when Josh... That sounds like a good alcohol-inspired idea right there. Right. So at 7.05, Stephen leaves to go buy gas. Okay. okay. During this time, Michaela, who is one of the daughters of Bill and Jennifer, there's Michaela, who's 11, and Haley, and I don't know Haley's age right off. But they're both in the home. I but think Haley, Haley's like 16. She's older, right? She is. They're both in the home. So when Stephen leaves the home, Josh goes in and abuses Michaela. At this point, it's not rape. He's... Fast forward 30 seconds if you don't want to hear. He, like, masturbates onto her and takes gruesome pictures on his phone. Like, he takes clothes off of her and takes very vile, nasty pictures of this poor girl. Okay. Gets her redressed and all of that while Steven's gone. Okay. Ew. Yes. And he took the pictures. Like, that just... Well, those are his souvenirs. Yes, but ew. Um, at 8.30, that is when Steven takes Jennifer to the bank. And you get the call that we played at the very beginning where they call in stating, you know, this lady's here, saying these people have her family, that kind of thing. They get back to the house um i don't it says it took her to the bank so i don't really know the timeline's funny we'll get into that so i don't exactly know when how long it took whatever whatever whatever. when they get back let me take that back while steven is at the bank with jennifer josh then rapes michaela the 11 year old the 11 year old and do we know where dad and Haley are at this point Haley, from my understanding, is tied in her bedroom. Okay. Dad, at this point, has been tied and beaten and thrown into the basement. Okay. And when you say beaten? Severely beaten. Like, cracked skull, multiple, multiple stitches, black eye. Like, beat, beat. Beat bad. Okay. And thrown into the basement. Yes. Tied with a pole with his hands and his feet behind his back. So, like, a hog tie. Yeah. To a pole. Yes. Oh, okay. And then thrown in there. All right. So that's where everybody's at. (laughs) Um, When Stephen gets back with Jennifer, Josh is like, we have to do something because I left DNA evidence and, like, they're going to have to die. Like, everybody has to die because basically I screwed up. So everybody has to die. Yeah, we got to get rid of it because they're going to know it's us because I left DNA evidence here. So, according to Steven, Josh told him, you have to kill Jennifer. Like, it's got to be fair. Like, I kill, I didn't, he didn't kill Michaela, but I sexually assaulted Michaela. I left DNA evidence. So, you got to do something to mom so that we're both equally staked in this robbery. So, according to that claim, Steven then strangles and then rapes Jennifer in the living room floor right after getting back from the bank. Yeah. I, I don't really have words for that because are you kidding me? 
Yeah, I know. So he killed her, then raped her. He did. Oh, God. Okay. He's, Steven says that he went into a rage at that time because police were outside they, already. They knew it. Yes. They knew they were there when this was taking place. Oh, okay. According to both of these people. So they took the gas. Remember, he went and bought a seven, and mm-hmm. they poured it on both girls while they were alive and took it down the hall. It's a two-story house. Poured it on both girls. Like, their rooms looked kind of adjacent mm-hmm. a little bit. Poured it on both on the beds while they're tied up. Let alive. It, Yes. Let it down the hall, down the stairs, into the living room, struck a match, let it go, and went and got into the Pettit's car and tried to flee. I'm assuming the car was in the garage? It was. Okay. They opened the garage. The house, I guess, burst into flames. and it followed that trail. It did. And it took off. And they took off in the car, ramming police, trying to get away. They were unsuccessful. Well, thank God. But... I mean, I don't know what the plan... I don't know how they thought that would work and how you think setting these girls on fire and burning the house down when police are already outside is somehow... They're not going to know. Well, or they're going to be distracted by the fire and try to save them so they can get away is what Maybe. they were thinking. Maybe. <clears throat> I don't really know. No, I mean, that's a good drunk... Yes. Like, you know, under the influence thought. Like, they'll, we'll set the house on fire. They'll know people's inside. So we're going to try to. Yeah, they'll let us go to get them. To get them. That's not what happened. Like, all the resources except maybe one, and we can outrun one. Mm-hmm. So, mind you, mom's dead at this point. The two girls are on fire, and dad's still in the basement. Dad is able to actually get out of the cellar door yeah, on the like side. Like, the side folding doors. Like, hobble up the stairs, get out, and he actually makes it out. But the rest of his family dies in that fire. Both girls died of smoke inhalation. Like, they didn't die of anything else other than being strapped to that bed and breathing breathing in the smoke. One of the girls, I think some of her stuff um, broke, and she was actually kind of in the floor where she was trying. Trying to get out. But she's doused in gasoline. Like, she doesn't have a, a shot. No. So then I'm going to tell you about... Steven and Josh. Alrighty. All right. Let's hear about these wonderful human beings. Correct. So Josh and Steven met at a halfway house. Oh, okay. because of course they did. Yes. Josh, I don't know if I've already told you, he was 26. He was an avid criminal, had a lengthy criminal history. Probably starting in youth. Yes, he had about 18 home invasions. He By was, the age of 26, we have 18 home invasions. Yes. yes. Okay. He was homeschooled. They said he was special education, but he had a photographic memory and was a beautiful sketch artist. Like he could do fantastic kind of drawings, things and artist. could remember yeah. like in detail each. He could tell you in detail like, oh, that house on the 18th. Yeah, I went in there. I went in the coat pocket, got the knot. Like he was able to tell you exactly what he did. Like he was not slow. No. Like, he was very... He might have had dyslexia. But he could tell you, like, they talked about that, like, specifically. Where he was on this day and what time and what he got. He also was a creeper, and when he did these home invasions, he liked it when you were home because he'd go room to room and listen to you breathe. Like, he enjoyed, I guess, that element of being in your space and you not knowing. That's creepy as all get out. Isn't it? That's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Because, first of all, I don't know you're in my house. Right. I'm asleep. And he's listening. And you're in my room? Oh. 
Right. I, I found that really creepy. That's really creepy. It makes me want to put cameras up in my whole house. Right, but then I'd never be able to sleep again if I saw someone, like, leaning in my door just listening to me snore. <laughs> I would be like, okay, we need better security. Well, yeah, absolutely. Like, that's terrifying. He he was more professional. He had, like, night vision goggles, latex gloves. He but he would, didn't harm anybody. No, he just would steal stuff. He would just and he was brazen. He would go into, he went into a trooper's house. Just, he didn't care. Like, he got off on being able to get into your space, hear you, see you, and you not know he was ever there. It was a power trip and an mm-hmm. adrenaline rush. Steven is 44, and he had same kind of criminal history. He had more drug use and stuff, but his biggest thing was, like, car burglaries. He would go get in your car when you weren't there. All of his stuff was in the daytime. So nonviolent. He never So burglaries in- at night are automatically considered violent in most jurisdictions. Okay. But during the day, yeah. no weapon is typically considered nonviolent. He was more, they were similar, but d- way different. But different, yes. Gotcha. So in 2002, Josh is actually sentenced to nine years in prison, okay? But yeah. he's paroled in April of 07. So five years. And one of this. One of these reasons is because there's a 10-year-old law that the prosecutor that's on the documentary tells you about that he helped write that you're supposed to order a transcript of the sentencing proceedings and send it along to the parole board so that they get a full picture when you come forward for parole of who you are, what you've been involved in, what you've done, like a full picture Mm -hmm. so that no mistakes like this happened, but that never happened. So they saw... Steve, um, Josh, as a first-time incarcerated, young, white, bright, homeschooled, remorseful. He was never identified as having any serious mental illness or anything like that because he was highly manipulative. Right. So they're like, why would we not parole him? Like, right. we need space. Who is he? Yeah, he's not this horrible offender, like, the best of their knowledge. Correct. You don't get such a big picture on Hayes's. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know what sent him to prison, if it was the burglaries or if he had something else, but he, they called him Mr. Um, N.A. Because Not applicable? Narcotics Anonymous. I, <laughs> because. I'm so sorry. AC's I <laughs> a little slow. That's fine. <laughs> He was he knew every single thing when it came to what you need to say, the steps, how to get over it. Like he went to all the meetings, everything. So when him and Josh met, they kind of like Josh went under his wing with that. Uh-huh. And he taught him everything he knew and Josh just sucked it up. Right. There you also I forgot about this. You meet the brothers of Steven, they do not like their brother. Well, I mean. They do not like him. Like, they go into detail about ever since he was little, he was a punk, that he would fight with their mom and argue with mom, that tensions were going up because Steven was currently living at the mom's apartment with another brother. And things there were escalating and getting higher, which was one of the reasons that Stephen participated in this burglary, because it was supposed to be like this payout so he could get on his feet and get out of this situation and move on. Gotcha. However, you find out that Josh paints it that way for Stephen. Like, this is our plan. We're going to get money. This is our money. But in actuality, 
Josh had seen Jennifer and the youngest daughter, Michaela, at a grocery store like the day before. Oh. He was attracted to Michaela, followed them around the store until they left, and then followed them from the store to their home. That's scary, too. Yes. You meet like an ex-girlfriend of Josh, mm-hmm. and apparently he dated both sisters in this family, but wanted to marry the one and not the other, which I'm like... We're not getting into that. I was just like, well, what? okay. What y'all anyway, got going on? And she said that he used to take her to like nice neighborhoods and they drive around and look at the co- look at the houses and talk about how he wanted to live in a house like that one day. Mm-hmm. But in this particular instance, he saw the house and that was a way he could sell it to Stephen. Stephen. So he could get help. Correct. Knowing. That the reason in, that he, he was going to sexually assault that baby. But that he was knew his that. plan. That was his plan. I fully... 100% believe that yeah. was his plan. I, I would agree with that. So, prior, they want you to know that Stephen is like super suicidal, that he's been, they give you those mitigating factors that you know I love so much. Yes, what are those mitigating factors? He was abused as a child, Sucks. that he has severe drug use, that, like I said, he's Mr. In a like he yeah. knows all the things he's he goes on benders he's tried to kill himself numerous times been unsuccessful so they want you to know that about him and as soon as he's arrested he wants a death penalty like he wants to die he wants no part of it like very suicidal from the get okay josh not so much no josh is a very twisted twisted individual sounds like it In regards to Josh, I think it's important to note, I told you he grew up in this really, really, like, every, one of the girls that grew up with him talks about how they were taught that every bad thing you did was demons. So, Uh, like, if you argued, demons made you do that. If you didn't listen, demons made you do that. So, he was told. He was possessed, essentially. Like, he wanted to commit suicide, so therefore, he was demon-possessed. He wanted therapy. He wanted medication. No, that's demon-possession. Like, they treated it as such. Anything and everything you did was a demon possession. Like, he actually got kicked out of that, whatever you want to call it, because he went into a girl's room just to talk to her. They were friends, and, like, he he needed someone to talk to, but because he went into a female's room at night unsupervised, they were like, nope, you're done. Yeah. And kicked him out of it. They even did an exorcism on him one time to get rid of these demons, but he's mentally ill. Like, he's he's unwell. Right. Not demon possessed right so is this some kind of version of catholicism like do we know the religion or i don't and they the family was very like hushed wouldn't talk like when they tried to reach out to them nobody's saying anything to anybody because they're demons that was their son that was demon possessed and and they had nothing to do with him when he got older and yeah kicked out okay so when we have the trial, there's this big debate on death penalty or not death penalty. Um, Dad, obviously, wants death penalty for both of them, and I can't blame that man even in the slightest. No. I'm not going to get into all of that, but I can tell you one thing that really stuck to my brain was the argument by one of the lawyers for Stephen. Okay. Not Stephen, Josh. Okay. They claimed that if he wanted to kill this family— you know, he wanted the whole purpose was to murder them, that it didn't make sense because when they put dad in the basement after they beat him really bad, he had like six to eight 
inch gashes open in his head, several of them. Yeah, where they beat him with the baseball bat. Yes, mm-hmm. but if he, it didn't make sense to say he wanted to kill him because he took him a pillow to make sure that he was comfortable while he was in the basement. After we beat him in the head with a baseball bat and hogged him to a pole. Yep, and I that just... I mean, the defense has got to do what they got to do. You got to, I mean, they have to argue on behalf of their clients. I know, but I don't think I could say that with a straight face. I, no, I don't think I could either. But like, but it, what the defense is trying to say in that, that moment is he showed some remorse in that moment. Well, he also claims that he didn't want to do it, that he didn't want to kill these girls, anything like that. It he, was your idea. According to Mr. Hayes. That when. Because you don't rape the 11 year old. That when he's put. This is another argument. That when Josh is put in these stressful situations. He doesn't make good decisions. (laughs) I Uh, do not. Well. Okay. But you created the stressful situation by breaking into their house. Well, Why didn't you untie the girls? If you really didn't want to do it. Why didn't. Why didn't you just untie them? You poured the gas. Why couldn't you have told him. You poured the gas on them, like because you're leaving, mm-hmm. or just leave them tied, mm-hmm. and said that you poured did the whatever. Gas. Yeah, I guess when it doesn't catch fire, he's gonna know. But well, you could have. I don't know. But how about we just not kill people? Well, there's there's always that. <laughs> you know, when they crash the car, by the way. They also argue this too: is that Josh was immediately up front, said who he was, said what happened, all of that. Stephen denied knowing anything <laughs> and knowing anyone inside and gave a fake name. All right. So he didn't know these people inside. He didn't. No. He didn't know who they were. I mean, he might have known their names. I even doubt that. He might have found out during the during course. During yeah. But going in, he didn't know. But he also didn't care. He didn't. And I hate that. Like, I don't know. I was just there. I don't know. I guess that I I'd always think like, of it wasn't me, and it's like, dude, like you, ju- we saw you leave. Like, I, what do you mean? This is why I can't be an investigator or a police officer. I'd be like, shut your dang line mouth. Yes, you do. Yeah. Like that, just it. You're leaving in their car. Like just, I don't know how I got it. Like, I, what I do you know. mean? I don't know how I got in here. Yeah. I don't know. Doesn't make any kind of sense. Just, just say, I plead the fifth. Mm-hmm. I, I'm invoking my right to remain silent. Yeah. That's all. That's it. Just that I'm going to remain silent. Because you don't have to speak to the police. You mm-hmm. don't have to tell them anything. Don't make up a bunch of bull crap. Tell them I don't know. I swear to God, I hate that more than anything. Or I forgot. That kills me. I don't remember. What you mean? So I will tell you... Um, both of these men, both of these men were convicted. It's very unlikely that they'll get the death penalty just because that was overruled shortly after their sentencing. But I want to talk to you about the timeline, if that's okay. okay. Of course, it's okay. So, I because this is where I have major issues. I think I'm going to have also major issues just by the judging the the look on your face. And I will tell you too, the lawyer for Stephen talks about how. Everything that was given to the family and to the media is heavily redacted. I'm sure. But what he got wasn't. But he's not able to discuss that with anybody. Because it was gag-ordered, correct? Correct. But he says in the documentary that that family would have something and they should look into it. 
and that negligence wise he doesn't come flat out and say that but that's the implication but heavily implied gotcha because the call comes in like law enforcement says they did everything they could possibly do the call comes in at 9 21 okay and that's at the bank when jennifer's at the bank yes and she's physically inside the bank according to that call when it starts she's in the bank but when it's still going on she's leaving the bank okay so somewhere within that couple minutes yes okay some police were on the scene within a minute the scene at the bank or the scene the at the house, house? okay at 9.56 is when the two suspects move into the car, and at 9.57 is when the house erupts into flames okay. that we know of. This is the timeline that we know. We don't know the exact time that law enforcement got there, but at 9.56, Josh and Steven are seen getting into the car coming out of the garage. Okay. I wish like people could see you doing your hands with my hands. Like, I got it. In here, there, out. Well, at yes. 9.56. <laughs> and then at 9.57, the house burst into flames. Well, yeah, that's because... They, gas. Yeah, gas. It, t- it takes it a minute. So, the rate... Wait, wait, wait. Go ahead. Go, give me the initial... 9.21 is initial call. Is the initial call. From the bank. From the bank. And law enforcement... Is at her residence, it says, within a minute or so. Within a minute or so of nine... What... 9:21. So by 9:30. Let's just at the latest. Let's give them the full 7 minutes, okay? Okay. <laughs> Go from there. So 9:21 call. 9:21. 9:30 police there. Sure. 9:56 two males are coming out of the home. 9:57 house on fire. House on fire. So 20 30 minutes at max. So the rape, the strangulation, well, excuse me, the strangulation the rape and the pouring of the gas all happened while police were there and I hate to say watched, but essentially watched. Yeah, okay. Which is why I have such I have issue. A hard time with this case. I do have a hard time with this case. With that. So within thirty minutes of getting the call, responding, they're already exiting. But you were in the yard. Yeah. When they talked to dad, he actually says when he came out. Now, granted, he's got like gashes, like he's like, bleeding he's bad. Got, he's lost a lot of blood. He's got a brain injury. Like, But he talks about seeing people in the woods. And those people in the woods are police. Law enforcement. Yes. With their perimeter. Okay. All right. So, again, the strangulation and the rape of Miss Pettit. And the burning. And uh, the pouring the gas, burning alive of the two girls happened while law enforcement was outside. I don't like that. I don't know how this isn't, like, a massive lawsuit of some sort. Um, I, maybe they did everything right, and it's just. Maybe they followed their policy and but protocols. But you need to redo it. Yeah. If, but, that's, if that's how you do, that needs to be redone. Well, I mean, again. I think I've had this conversation with you before about the the Texas elementary school shooting. Yeah. Where they were lining up the hallway. You can hear the kids screaming and nobody's moving. Like, you can. They're not supposed to go in until. The threat is neutralized, but you are the ones that are supposed to neutralize the threat. I mean, I understand that nobody wants law enforcement to die either, and you need to take all precautions as possible to prevent that from happening. But at the end of the day, 
Like there's victims. There's victims, and and that's what. It's the mother of Jennifer, mm-hmm. so her parents are still alive, and you meet them in the documentary. The dad is a Methodist preacher, so he like is really struggling with the death penalty thing because he's like, I want to be like, no, but you just murdered like half of my family. So you murdered I'm my re- daughter and granddaughters. I'm really like, you know, yeah, <laughs> kind of is what it is. But he's right. really struggled. But Grandma says her big thing is that she wrote to the police and was like, you were more concerned with catching a bad guy than you were with saving my family. Right. They've asked specifically for the timeline, and it will not be given to them, like, in details, like, what time they actually arrived. Right. Like, they're will, not giving will that Will not up. per court order, or just they won't do it? Law enforcement will not give them. I'd sue. I feel like I would, too. Like, I would, this would be something. Like, if I would have to know. If nothing else, I would just sue for that information, not necessarily kind of monetary, whatever, but I would sue for that information. You, a judge would tell me I'm not getting it, because by, and then I'm still going to be pissed. By Billy's own account, he came out and saw people hiding behind the trees, believed to be law enforcement. Yeah, I understand Her that. sister has also written, asking, and no response. Mm. I'd be consulting an attorney. I just want I just want the timeline. I from what the little bit we have I want to know if you could have actually saved my daughter and grandchildren. Yeah. I'm assuming that as soon as he came in with Jennifer, they jumped on her because I'm sure Josh was like I did this thing, you're going to have to he's either mad or panicking. I'm not excusing his behavior by any stretch, but I'm assuming that happened fairly quickly. It had to happen. I mean, a couple minutes. Max. Right. And so it I takes don't about know. three to four minutes though, to strangle somebody. That's what a lot of people don't understand. You strangled her. Why do you, why rape her? You left DNA. She was clawing at you. Like DNA is there. That's just insult to injury to me. Like you're, it's dumb. You wanted to do that. Like you yep. can lie and say that Josh made you. No, he didn't. Well, nobody like, can make you. Do I know, that. but that's what he tried to claim. But I think that's another reason it wore on him so much because Stephen had multiple attempts. Like he actually overdosed once in the jail because he kept cheeking his, his medicine, medicine and overdosed on Thorazine and Klonopin. Mm-hmm. And then he again asked, like, just just kill me, just kill me. And they're like, you can't. Like we got to go through appeals. Like you, yeah. you can't just do that. It's not how yeah. that works. I wanted to read you something that was found in Josh's cell. Sure. He's a very, very, very strange boy. I'm assuming they both got life, though, right? They did. Okay. Yeah, they're not getting out. Good. He goes, I am what I am. I make no excuses, nor do I need anyone's forgiveness or pity. I'm a criminal with a criminal's mind. My anticipated death sentence will be a state-sanctioned murder of mercy. I'm not proud of the outcome of the July 23, 2007. No one was supposed to lose their lives. However, I'm not surprised by the end result of human depravity. The knowledge gain came at a heavy cost. Okay. I don't... All right. That's very eloquent to basically say you're the hu- you're the human with the depravity that took their lives. Absolutely. Like, and you're not surprised by your own depravity is essentially what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And you're not sorry for it. Not even a little. Yeah. He says moments of extreme stress brings out one's character in its purest form. 
Haley is a fighter. She continually tried time and time again to free herself and reach help for her family. Michaela's calm strength and poised emotion gave her an aura of fearlessness in the face of adversity. Mrs. Pettit's courage was slash is to be um, respected. She could have stayed inside the bank where she was safe and there wouldn't have been anything we could have done about it. She left the safety to protect her children and it cost her her life. She met that in bravely. I'm like, you are an animal. Yeah. I wouldn't even disrespect animals. Yeah. Maybe, Trash. Maybe there was something to all that demon talk. It just, there's more stuff. And he even talks about some of the stuff with Michaela. And it's just, he's yeah, we so depraved. No, he's just so that. depraved. Yeah. It's just shocking to me. And then you hear from the girlfriend in this documentary. The girlfriend of the Josh. The ex-girlfriend, That yes. also dated... She, he also dated her sister? Yes, but they okay. were going to be engaged or something. I don't know. It's very, very convoluted. I don't want to know. But she she says she asked him if he did this thing to Michaela, and he denies that. Well, I'm like, of course he does. But there's pictures on his phone. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. And then she said that with them. And this is 2007. Yes. So camera phones were like, I mean, they had them, but. No. Yeah. And she talks about just the stuff that they would do together. And he'd always, it's almost like she's defending him, but not like, cause I got, I found myself annoyed with her because she's talking about like the stuff they would do and that he would tie her up and he would want to role play stuff with her, but he'd always be like, are you okay? Are you okay? I'm like, I don't care. Like this is an 11 year old girl, girl that he followed from the store with her mother, which is a whole different kind of fear for me unlocked. But you followed her because you were attracted to her. Right. Like there was, was something never, about this 11-year-old girl. It was never about money. Mm-mm. It was just going to be the icing. Like, you, that was just to get Steven. Mm-hmm. That like, was just to get some help. Because you, you knew you did. couldn't take on a family mm-hmm. like that size by yourself. And from my understanding, when they went in, Dad was, like, on the couch. They pounced on Dad first, mm-hmm. beat him up, tied him up, and then went and took care of the, the mother and both girls. Yeah. And the one thing I will say is, I hate, I'm not giving him credit. That family, that mama coming back into the house, taking care of her kids even to the last possible moment. Yeah. Like that truly. Because she could have stayed in the back. She could have. The only thing that they could have done is go back and kill her family, which is what she knew. Yeah. And she went back to her girls. Yes. And her husband. Yes. So she died trying to protect them. Mm-hmm. And. Both of those girls, I should tell you too, Jennifer had multiple sclerosis. And I think it was Michaela or Haley. One of them had raised a significant amount of money for research into that for Mm -hmm. their mother. And both girls were very, very well known in school, did a lot of good things. Like both of... Nobody deserves it, but this family was... They were good people. Really good people. But every Nobody had anything negative to say. They said right. that Michaela was kind-hearted. Haley was the one that had raised over $50,000 for multiple sclerosis for her mother. And then Bill was a doctor. Right. So. So, yeah. This all came down to a filthy mind. Yeah. And recruiting someone that. Was vulnerable. I mean, he was. I mean, he had a documented history of mental illness, at least depression and suicidal. Mm-hmm. And. 
use drugs hardcore hardcore like he was easily manipulated and that's one thing about drugs they do make you easily manipulated so i'm not saying i'm not excusing him whatsoever i'm just saying i could see where he was influenced by josh to be like yeah let's get money i feel like he was the dumb one yeah like come here you can make all this money and and you can get out of your mama's house and and you know you be away from that stupid pump brother yeah and it could be quick and easy in and out We'll just go in knowing full stuff. well he had different intentions yeah because he wanted to sexually and even the family talks about for josh knowing that when he left in his all black clothes they knew what he was going to do and i'm like you're culpable too because like, if i knew my son and my son is a career career criminal yeah but what are you gonna do i'm gonna call law enforcement like look i don't know where he's going but <laughs> he he, well, he his phone he i don't know do something well I don't they know. can't do that but something i'm, I'm well and then he wouldn't be staying with you. No, he wouldn't. Let, let, let's be real. No, like, he wouldn't. The, our criminal people are not staying with us. No. Like, they're not. They're going to be like, nah, she going to tell it. Like, you right? I am. <laughs> like, they be trying to take us out. They ain't staying with us. You're right. But I just, uh, I don't know. I'm like, did, did you know? Did, did he mention anything? Like, But he wore his all black clothes. So he, they knew. Mm-hmm. What his intention was that night. When he left, they knew what he was going to do. They knew he was going to They just go, didn't know where. They knew he was going to go rob somebody. A home invasion. All black. But bet she had his night goggles. Oh, I'm sure I probably had a full kit. Mm-hmm. But that's my thing. You always were so, take your gloves, do all the things. That's how I know he knew what he was going into the house to do. I think so. Because he didn't take his gloves. Mm-hmm. He had every intention of of doing exactly what he did to that poor girl. Yep. And everything else was just bonus. But I don't know that he, I was going to say, I don't know if he intended to rape her. Other than just like take the pictures and stuff. I don't but know. Maybe. I, I think so. I think he got himself worked up. Yeah. And he did it every time Stephen left. Yeah. Well, he didn't want Stephen to know he was raping the 11 year old. No, because I do think Stephen would have been like, not part of the plan. Yeah. I, I'm out. I'm going to kill you. Right. Like, not part of it. Not yeah. part of it. Because he did it every time he left. Yeah. I don't think Stephen knew that he was there to rape that girl. No, I don't think so either. Or sexually attracted to that little girl. Nope. Nope. But Bill has since created a fund for his girls to raise, like, awareness. They give out money. Um, I don't remember the name of it. I, I wrote it down, but I don't remember where I wrote it. But he does have a, like, a memorial in their name. Okay. And the house that all this happened has been demolished. It's yeah. like a memorial now. So, yeah. Well, that is our Cheshire murders. Well, in memory of? Jennifer. Michaela Haley and Haley and so glad that the other, the two offenders are going to be in prison for the rest of their lives and yeah yeah this one this one bothers me yeah this one bothers me because I don't know the police culpability it's just like could, could you have saved them I know we do a lot of cases and we cover a lot of things that are just really and depraved pre- and bad Mm-hmm. But just to know this man saw them shopping. Oh, yeah, which is something that you do with your daughter all the time. Yeah, you just saw them shopping. They were just going through their normal routine. And you are so depraved. Like, just, I know that that's out there. Like, I know that evil is in the world. Oh, yeah. But it just hits me different. Like, it just, I don't know. I don't know. Keep your head on a swivel. Stay safe. We'll catch you on free for all, y'all. Good night. Bye.